Anthony from the Ashanti New Limit Podcast. And joining me is my brethren, my compadres, my folksy people. Joining me to tell you the news of this week. And we like to welcome also the first, first let me welcome the chat room. Hi, chat room. You can join us every week on Pride 48 at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and get in on all the fun. And you, maybe you'll just get some sexy pictures around the chat room, too, if you join us. So there's some temptation for you folks. Without any further ado, let's go around the room and introduce uh, the roomies. Uh, there's the ever-reliable Mr. Brother Sinatus. Hey. Hello. And uh, please welcome back, mighty colorful veritable Virgo. Hey, folks. Hello, sir. Once again, returning champion in the blue corner, Mr. Larry Queen, Q Sledge. Hello. Hello. Let's get ready for audio bunghole. And also in the other corner, in the blue corner, Mr. Blue Jeans guy himself, Mr. David. Hello. Hello. And then joining us back again, and he actually did research again, which I told him not to do. Raphael is joining us. Saludos, mi gente. What's up, people? Hello, sir. All right. So first off, the big, big, big news of the week that everybody was talking about was the film debate between Savage and Brown. Gay versus anti-gay. And uh, who watched this video this week? I watched, a few, I watched a few minutes. It's an hour and six minutes. Yeah, so. it's, 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 it's a full length, you know. you gotta, you got to take some time out of your schedule to watch. But uh, what what'd you think of it? Well, it was, you know, your usual, you know, I stand by my belief. And I just saw the uh, the, the end of the opening statement by uh, Dan Savage. And then most of the uh, NAMS guys, uh, Roboto. And basically, you know, it was your typical... They, they, what I saw, they stuck basically to their to their talking points, you know. Yeah. Well, well, I so so for me, what I did because since it takes forever to get these darn things started, I jumped halfway into the and just basically watched it halfway through. Um, so first of all, for those of you who didn't know, basically to fill you in, Dan Savage was talking at a uh, a couple I think months months ago. Talking at a university, university, and some kids walked out on him. It wasn't that many kids, although they make a big deal out of it. And um, he was basically, you know, going on explaining how the Bible's BS, yada yada yada. And um, Brian Brown from Nam, I guess, asked him or challenged him to a debate about it. And basically, Dan invited him over to his house with the advent of help from a, I think, a New York Times columnist. I think that's his partner. I'm not sure. No, that was that's the uh, that's the religion uh, editor for the New York Times. Okay, yeah. So they he was basically the uh, mediator, and they basically tried to sit down and go through both sides and see if I mean, first of all, both sides admitted it was pretty much a useless. You know, it, it didn't really achieve anything. But keep throwing his microphone. Who's moving? Who's yeah? Who's who's blowing their microphone? I think it's veritable. Veritable, don't move. Sorry. <laughs> Good Lord. So anyhow, <laughs> basically, if you watch this video, here's my thoughts on this video. One, Dan Savage doesn't know really how to argue on points. He argues on examples, which is not a really good way to hold an argument. Because Brian Brown had some actual, some you know, they weren't truth, let's see how to explain this. They weren't really truthful points, but he had some points that were well-constructed. 
and Dan really, from what I could see, could not really poke any holes into his logic, even though he does, there are holes to his logic. And I can also tell from what Dan was saying, since he was in his own house, he was sort of trying to be extra nice, and he really didn't go after him as much as he should have. Um, but, of course, the other thing is, too, is as typical with any anti-gay person, is that they always will go on for 20 minutes, and then when the other person talks, continue, continuously interrupt them, now allowing them to finish their point at any point or stage of the game. So I thought Brian Brown was very rude in, in that particular aspect because he wouldn't actually allow Dan Savage to actually finish any of his points. So it's somewhat interesting. What that's like? What? I said I wonder what that's like. Oh, funny. Um, but uh, <laughs> but anyhow, go watch it. It's a good video to educate yourself, and it's a good video to you know if if when you go out, kids, when you go out into the real world. And you are going to be dealing with people like this. You need to be prepared to have your points in order. And you need to have the, you know, have the logic. Let me. Uh, oh, sorry. Well, you, you need to have the logic ready to you know, basically go against these points. The one point I thought that he made, which I had to actually stop and think about, was the there's a special connection between a man and a woman. And that's, you know, I can't remember exactly how he phrased it, but basically. That that's the you know only reason why uh, a man and a woman can make babies, and it's like okay, I thought about this. I'm like, yeah, there is a special connection about a man and a woman because they can procreate, but that doesn't necessarily mean they two men or two women can't be good parents in themselves. So, well, the the, the other argument I found I found amusing because I actually listened while waiting for the podcast to start uh, was Dan Brown's uh, uh, or Mr. Brown's arguments. Uh, was the fact that you know because he was trying to shoot down the whole um, the whole uh, slavery issue, and it says well in the old testament was one one, the new testament was another one. It was more like in the Jewish but like uh, guys, uh, while you know the Roman Empire did allow their slaves to be free, it wasn't nice being a slave under the Romans. If not you might want to you know check the uh, the story from um, Augustus, and they had uh, he uh, there was a story uh, an anecdote. That Augustus comes to um, to a house party or to a dinner party, and there was a small mistake, and this guy literally beat the living pieces out of this uh, slave for you know for a mountain and county. I mean, so I was like, nah, you know, it's like you're. I mean, he tried to uh, he tried to sound you know uh, you know put facts, but some of the facts he was using uh, were somewhat you know dis- uh, distorted to his advantage. Well, he, they kind of doing a debate. The one thing you have to remember too is that when anybody tries to do anything factual with the Bible, they can modify what the facts are because the oh yeah, Bible oh yeah. So subjective. I mean, I love I love the fact because I'm actually you know I'm a left evangelical Christian, so I kind of know where he was coming from. You know, it's like the Bible starts with a marriage, it's, it goes in the middle with a marriage, and ends with a marriage. Like yeah, but two of those are kind of. Well, the, you know, the, the problem metaphorical. The problem boils down to that he, when you really start to get down the nitty gritty of his arguments, is that there's fallacies in, in his arguments because he basically is trying to equate that marriage. His viewpoint is marriage is only based up, uh, upon marriage is a man and a woman, and Dan Savage was trying to go, I think, along lines. Well, marriage is a joining of two individuals, and of course, they brought up the whole polygamy thing and whatnot, but. The point is, is that he kept trying to push back that marriage is a special thing that is only a man and a woman because it's only a man and a woman because it can only accomplish these goals. And 
that's where you got to have the logic to be able to poke holes in that fallacy because everything that they think of is and, and all their logic is based on because it's only a man and a woman can do these certain things that's why it's so special so well, I'm, just, I'm just saying simple corporation yeah too. i'm just saying watch this kids educate yourself get ready to have rebuttals to these arguments to make it aware because you're going to run into people like this as you go through life so that's all i'll say watch the video moving on to the next story uh actually based here in ohio Raphael, tell us about it yeah well ohio judge recognizes sexual orientation discrimination under title seven in a relatively insignificant ruling denying summary judgment ohio judge james quinn made a significant argument in favor of recognizing discrimination based on sexual orientation under Title VII's protections against discrimination based on sex. Plaintiff Jason Corrin is suing his former employer, Ohio Bell Telephone Company, for unfair treatment because he is gay that ultimately, ultimately led to his termination. Among his complaints was that his supervisor, Kim Michelli, refused to acknowledge that he had taken his husband's surname when they married in Massachusetts because she did not recognize same-sex marriages. Judge Wynn agreed that this was discrimination based on Corn's sex. Corn's position is that changing his name upon marriage was non-conforming behavior that supports his gender discrimination claim under the under Pricewaterhouse sex stereotyping theory. Ohio Bell disagrees and attempts to frame Corn's claim as a simple attempt to bootstrap protection for sexual orientation into Title VII as prohibited by Vickers. The court agrees with Corin. Homosexual males do not, by definition, fail to conform to traditional gender norms by changing their surname upon marriage. And here, Corin chose to take his spouse's surname, a traditionally feminine practice. That's quote unquote. Uh, and his co workers and superiors observed that gender nonconformance when Corin requested to be called by his married name. Vickers does not suggest that a plaintiff's claim fails merely because he has been classified as a homosexual. Rather, the claim fails when the plaintiff has failed to allege that he does not conform to traditional gender stereotypes in any or several way at work. I'm and it goes on and forth. Uh, let me finish, let me read the last paragraph because okay. it's all legal mumbo jumbo. This is not a final ruling as to the merits of Corin's case, but it is a worthwhile recognition of non-discrimination protections under the current law. Even though sexual orientation is not explicitly mentioned in Title VII, interpreting non-heterosexual the orientation as a violation of sex, sex stereotype is an arguably fair interpretation of sexual identity, so on and so forth. Uh, basically, just FYI, because I'm, 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 it's, it says Title Seven, Title Seven, Title Seven. That's basically the uh, Civil Rights Act. Uh, I just looked it up, by the way. Uh, so it basically says, you know, that employers uh, cannot refuse to uh, hire discharge any individual. Or discriminate against any individual, individual uh, because of you know sex, religion, race, color, nationality, or national origin. So cool. So guys, what do you think of this? Yay! <laughs> it's, it's going to the sixth circuit. Yeah, I mean, once again, it's it's the typical legal process, but you know, in this particular case, it looks like the legal system has voted in our favor, which is a good thing. Um, so. But Ohio, Ohio will probably, I mean, this is, this, it seems that what it looks like, it looks like it's the opening skirmishes on a discrimination suit. So I think this actually, you know, it's, it's the pre-trial motions. So, I mean, if it goes to trial, you know, however, it may not be decided in favor of, uh, what's this guy's name? Uh, Cor Jason Corrin. 
and if it if, if it gets uh, if the judge sides with uh, Mr. Corrin, it could it'll probably go to the Sixth Circuit of, of Appeals. Yeah. So you know, as I'm I'm sitting here looking at this, I'm wondering what the libertarians thought of this because a lot of libertarians I know basically are like, well, I, I, any company should be able to do whatever they want, but. Um, we know how the, well that worked for the first 200 years of the country. Um, now, here's something I don't get. Is he, is he a federal or a state judge? Uh, it looks like he's a federal judge. Let me look for him. Hold on. <laughs> I, I skimmed through here a couple different times and did not Raphael's see. Raphael's actually doing research, which is amazing. So, all right, well, uh, well, I mean, even, I mean, it, it looks like it has, if it's Title Seven, it has to be under, under federal law. Okay. Uh, so yeah. he might be a federal judge, but I mean, I can confirm to you uh, uh, in a second. Well, why, why uh, you're looking that? Why you're looking that up? Let's move on to the next story. We'll circle back because we're running a little bit late here on time. So, Larry, tell us about the latest Barbie. Hmm, the latest incarnation of the famous doll, dubbed Drag Queen Barbie by the press, <laughs> but officially called Blonde Diamond Barbie, as uh, was revealed by manufacturer Mattel at. <laughs> The weekend. Uh, that's improper context, but the Barbie was styled by fashion duo the Blondes, who have styled the likes of J Lo, Nicki Minaj, and Beyonce. They re- they released a statement denying that the new doll is a drag queen. Uh, in their statement, uh, it's incorrect to label the doll drag queen Barbie. She is the blonde diamond Barbie. She is female. She is the same Barbie that has been a doctor, a teacher, an astronaut, and now she's glamorized in the Blondes creations. Mattel, who created the fashion doll, also commented, but did not mention Barbie's new nickname. Nickname. Most commenters seem to like the idea of a drag queen Barbie, whereas some sites, such as Parenting.com, asks on Twitter, would you let your children play with a drag queen Barbie? <laughs> Another Twitter user replied to the pandering web, the parenting website, Drag Queen Barbie, my might be the only Barbie I'd let my kids play with. Too bad she's not actually a cross-dresser. <laughs> Barbie was first released in 1959, but has seemingly caused controversy before. In 2006, a right-wing fundamentalist Christian group warned that Barbie was not just a child's toy, but also a tool for her homosexual agenda. <laughs> uh, first of all, she can't be a drag queen because she has no Adam's apple. So, <laughs> well, she could have had it surgically removed. Ah, that's a there would stretch. be a plastic stuff. <laughs> that'll stretch. give that'll give a new meaning to the word plastic surgery. Uh, yeah, but Barbie's got all kinds of money. She can she can get the best um, plastic surgeons out there. See, I'm looking at this photo. I'm like, I don't even know why you would consider this a, a, a drag queen Barbie. I mean, it's not any different than any other Barbie I've seen as of throughout my 37 years on this earth. I think her um, face looks slightly wider, but no, not really. It's it's going to be the same Barbie head. Yeah. They haven't changed anything. Maybe because of the, the her eye makeup goes all the way up to the eyebrow, perhaps? Yeah. Or, this could be a, or this could be a stock photo. No, Barbie's always had too much makeup on. <laughs> So, okay. Well, uh, here, here's what you do: you give her eight hours and see if she grows a beard. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> Problem solved. Wait a minute. Okay, so I've looked up another photo. 
blonde diamond barb. Yeah, here, check out this photo. This one does look a little more drag queenish. Okay, well, while we're doing that, by the way, oh, the, uh, oh yeah, that's that's a completely different picture. Yeah. By the way, the uh, the judge on the Ohio case is a federal judge. He's for the Northern District of Ohio. Okay, thank you, sir. No problem. Yeah, this so one here, this other photo we're looking at, it's a little more of a manly face. In fact, if anything, I would say she looks like Raja from RuPaul's Drag Race. Oh, God. She looks, that face looks a lot like Anna Nicole Smith. I agree with that. Yeah, that could be it, too. The red, lips are red, and then she's got, like, far-out eyelashes. And, yes, the face does a little look, does definitely look shorter and lighter. Yeah. And it's also $125. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa, yeah. well, there you go. <laughs> and and yeah. she's got some really fabulous hair, so I can definitely see why they think she, she was a drag queen. Well, she's also I'm, wearing... surprised, I'm surprised Peter has not gone on the, uh, on the warp as she's wearing fur. <laughs> not with the fur coat, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let's not get everybody on the bandwagon here. All right, on to the next story. Well, can't wait for Nam to somehow br- blame President Obama for this one. Oh, you know they will. <laughs> Oh, yeah, of course. So, All right, next story. Dave. That would be me, That'd right? That would be you, Mr. David. Yes. Yeah. Town rallies to help out victim of homophobic vandalism. And I'll summarize this. Uh, Jordan Addison, who is a student at Radford University in Roanoke. What the hell? Roanoke. One of my... Okay, one of my pages somewhere started playing, playing an ad somewhere. Oh, sorry, yeah. There we go. Sorry. Um... Anyway, he he got his um, he got his car vandalized a couple different times. One time it had um, scratched in it. The second time it said "die" keyed into it. Uh, so this local garage, with the help of several other garages, not only fixed his vehicle but basically pimped the damn thing out to the tune of about ten thousand dollars. Whoa! Uh, he got new tires, new paint job, tinted windows, new security system, and a new stereo. Wow. Um, they forgot the death ray, though. <laughs> because if you're going to make a statement, you got to make sure that when when the vandals come back again, the thing goes all kit on their you ass <laughs> and, and kills them. Wasn't that in, what are saying? That was in a commercial in RoboCop 2. And what scares me is that I would not doubt if that's not coming in the future at some point. Because a lot of those things that we thought were like so ridiculous watching the RoboCop movies and commercial wise are like actually like real now. <laughs> you realize I was talking Knight Rider here, not RoboCop. No, I know, but there was a commercial in RoboCop too, where the guy gets in the car, he gets electrocuted for trying to steal the car. So, Oh, okay. So that's why I was, that what's well, they actually already have that. It's the Viper security system. Are you serious? Uh, yeah. They've had that for years, oh. but the thing is all the thief has to do is just hold Take a rubber glove with a steel rod, set it right up next to the car, and it will just, you just wait while it drains the battery, and then you can just get it. <laughs> yeah, but then when you drain the battery, what good's the car? Well, they, he can have one of those little easy jump start kits, too. So oh, okay, yeah, that's true. Uh, so, yeah, yay, yay for all these guys, because this is something that, you know, this is the kind of thing that a, a reality show should have been done around. Yeah. You know, one of these car rebuilding shows. This is what the news should be reporting instead of the BS that they report on every day, but don't get me started on that. No, please. No, (laughs) please. Because I don't have too many fifths left to drink. (laughs) 
Yeah, by the way, if you haven't listened to our show before, there's a new drinking game. Every time Anthony does the conspiracy theory, you have to take a shot. So chat- No, you have to drink a fifth. Oh, you have to drink a fifth. So everyone yes. in the chat room, make sure you come to This Week in Gay, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time with your alcohol. <laughs> or if you're only like me, you just have a jar of peanut butter and maple syrup. There you go. <laughs> so, oh, baby. So from... Um, from Drag Queens, we go to, uh, if you haven't catched out, I'm not going to play this video, but uh, it's definitely playing on what's going on with the Republican convention right now in Tampa. Um, Onion did a parody note talking about how the hookers are basically uh, ramping up for uh, the gay the gay sex hookers in Tampa. So if you haven't checked out this video, go check out. Check out. It's actually really, really funny. But the interesting story that I found this week that actually mimics that video somewhat well is uh, Tampa Bathhouse. So, Larry, tell us about that. Ah, uh, yes. 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 So, at Ybor City Bathhouse, Anne, sorry, Y-B-O-R, Ybor, a, a Ybor City Bathhouse is offering free admittance for GOP delegates during the convention. For those unaware, Ybor City is a homo-heavy entertainment district famed for its riotous nightclub scene, which is often described as Tampa's version of Bourbon Street. Google tells us that the above bathhouse is right around the corner from GoProud's HomoCon 2012 on the same block. How convenient. <laughs> How convenient. <laughs> Oh yeah, it is. It's right around the block. It's yeah. That that I think was a little bit planned, if you ask me. So walk right in and see several safe, health, self-hating Republicans lying on their stomachs. Yep. yep. And then the morning after, they get to vote. They get to vote equal rights for gays. Yeah, in the morning. In the mor- Yeah, you too can screw somebody. I hope they have hidden cams. What was that, Larry? No. I said I seriously hope they have hidden cams. Uh, well, you know. Oh, you know like it's going to happen. Oh, I'd love to see that. I would love to see that. You know there's going to be some money going around for that footage. <laughs> I'm still waiting for the Kirk Cameron video to come out, but we'll, we'll still have to probably uh, wait a couple years. So. Well, well, then again, there might be a little bit of rain uh, on their parade thanks to Hurricane Isaac, uh, which is coming, bearing down from the Caribbean. Yeah, is that hit yet? Do we know? Anyone? Excuse me? Has, do we know? Uh... I know. I know. The last thing that it was, it was, it was, it was going to Cuba. It should hit uh, tomorrow, uh, the Florida area. Now, of course, hurricanes are notorious for you know. According, not, according, you know. according to weather.com, says Herc, Isaac lashes Florida moves on to Gulf. It, yeah, it sounds like it's going a little bit west, but it's still going to get. They're still going to get Tampa. It's going to get rain and wind. No. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just going to destroy all the out, fun outdoor activities. Well, I mean, this is gonna because uh, it hit Puerto Rico a couple of days a couple of days ago, um, and it's basically a wet system that's moving really fast. Uh, I think it's supposed to be Category One, which is not that huge a hurricane, but I hear that Tampa is actually below sea level, so um, I don't know. It will be fun though to see you know rolling into the convention center. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing is, God must have it in for him because their last convention. Which was in Minneapolis, got the remnants of Hurricane Gus. Yeah, yeah. And so they got rained out. They just about got rained out up there. 
I mean, they can't seem to pick a spot that doesn't seem to get windy and wet. Well, no. <laughs> next year they should. Next time they should do Phoenix. <laughs> do you think maybe well, God's trying to tell them something? I really think so. <laughs> I mean, not that I necessarily believe in that kind of God, but it's kind of like okay, every single um, every single convention you have keeps attracting really, really bad weather, and you think God's on your side. Okay. Well, yeah, you know that, or God's trying to give him the ultimate blowjob. Uh, <laughs> I, wow, I refrain from good. saying that. That's I refrain good. from saying that because I thought it was too cheap a shot. But hey, I'm okay. always but for cheap I'm shots on this show. We're all about cheap shots here. Yeah. All right. Anyhow, on to the next story, if you would. Or wait a minute, nobody has it. Um, here, I got it. The city of Atlanta has agreed to pay an HIV-positive police officer 250000 in damages after the Atlanta Police Department denied him a job simply because of his HIV status. Greg Nevins, an attorney for the Lambda Legal's Atlanta's office who helped represent the officer, said he was glad the court reached a settlement decision that doesn't play into misguided stigma surrounding HIV-positive individuals. Uh, Nevins said, We are glad that the city of Atlanta has moved to right its wrong. We expect that the city, after paying out settlements in both a previous LGBT-related cases and now this case, has learned to avoid unnecessary costs of failing to treat LGBT people and those living with HIV fairly and appropriately. The officer, going by the pseudonym Richard Rowe to protect his privacy, applied for a position with the APD in 2006. However, after a round of medical screenings revealed Roe has HIV was HIV positive, the ADP told him that his HIV status disqualified him from the position. Roe sued the city for workplace discrimination, but the court ruled that the city of Atlanta's ruled in the favor of the city of Atlanta's, <laughs> saying Roe did not produce enough evidence to prove his HIV status will not present a direct threat to others while serving in the police force. Lambda Legal appealed and argued that by considering Roe a direct threat, the city was discriminating his, discriminating against Roe. Wow. The stigma surrounding HIV only helps maintain the HIV epidemic by hampering efforts for HIV advocacy and outreach. It's important for cases like the one in Atlanta to help model a society that does not attach unfair stigma to HIV-positive individuals. So what do you guys think of this? Yay! Yay, definitely. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely moving the right direction. Well, here's my question: Is that what were they, what were they thinking? The problem of him working in the workplace would be would it be like blood related stuff or? Well, yeah. officers are already at danger of being exposed to HIV and other uh, blood borne illnesses when they handle uh, suspects to put them into a vehicle. They have to be careful, or when they even do pat-downs, which is, you'll see a lot of them wearing gloves when they do that, because mm. there will be needles in people's pockets. Are you, uh, uh, is there really needles in people's pockets? Do people really keep their needles in their pockets? Their pocket? They will be on their persons. You, you stick a hand into a pocket not knowing there's a needle in there. No, that can't be a needle in a person's pocket. How would they walk around? Or in a coat pocket or anywhere Maybe else. a coat pocket, but the, yeah, yeah, I can never understand a coat pocket. So, because my dad had to leave the force because he he was in an accident and lost his peripheral vision and whatnot. But, I mean, I'm trying to think of what the, because they're already, yeah, they're already going to be exposed to stuff already. 
So what would maybe they were worried about the group showers? Who knows? Uh, that doesn't make any sense either because you can't get through. Well, anyhow, I, I, uh, I have a... obviously Atlanta couldn't prove enough of a compelling reason to. So that tells me there might be something more to this story, but I don't have enough. I mean, once again, we get our stories and we hastily read them before the show and whatnot. But um, oh, we're supposed to read them before the show? <laughs> Not really. Research. Research. I don't know. So something tells me is I'm, I'm, I'm something tells me there's something where there we're not being told about the story. But if it is an actual individual that is actually being discriminated against, then yay that he was actually got what he was. He actually got his legal protection in court. So. And the chat room breathes a sigh of relief. They did not have to grab their fist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's see. Turnip head says, "Oh fuck, Anthony. Yeah, really fucked up shit. Do stupid things. What?" Was what are you referring to? Stupid people. All right, anyhow, on to the next story. Yes, Mr. Brother Sedan. This is your first story of the evening, sir. Have at it. Vermont in loose's suit must pay 30k for turning away les- lesbian couple. Vermont's Wildflower Inn has been fined three thirty thousand dollars for turning away a lesbian couple that wanted to hold their wedding reception there. The couple were re- represented by the ACLU. ACLU, who convinced the Vermont Human Rights Commission that the inn violated state law on public on public accommodations, the Losing Alliance Defense Fund denounced the decision. Every American should be free to live and do business consistent with their deep-held beliefs. The Alliance Defending Freedom Senior Counsel Brian Barbrion. It's unfortunate when a state agency teams up with the ACLU to harass and punish a public, uh, to punish a private family business over its owner's uh, constitutional protected thoughts and beliefs. Legal actions like this one are not pursued for justice, but attempts to coerce and police private expression. Mm. Well, I mean, you can have your private beliefs in privacy but uh when you want to do something public um you're yeah but see but see if joey was here he would say that businesses should be able to you know do what they want and just go somewhere else yeah but uh well but joey's wrong (laughs) and this one one i'll take it with him because i mean by that standard you know then you can say you know tall people cannot go to the uh to this hotel Tall people, or, you know, oh, wait a minute, short people can't ride a roller coaster for a specific reason. Uh, however, this is this is a bed. This is not a roller coaster. You are sleeping in a bed. I know. And but... trust me, and trust me, at six foot seven, some of these, some of these uh, twin size beds. Yeah, but guys, uh, but, but you have to remember, there used to be the saying, and a lot of people back in the old days, people could say they have the right to reserve, refuse service to anyone for any reason. I mean, this this notion that everybody has to play by the same rules is just something that's a concept that's come in within the last 20 years. Yeah, tall people can just get in the fetal position. <laughs> so, Raphael, are you saying you're six foot seven? I, I kind of missed seven. that. Hello, Raphael. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, looking at the uh, at the story from the uh, Vermont uh, newspaper, it looks like there was a uh, settlement. Both bodies agreed to settle this, and they just took the fine. So it was probably going to get nasty. 
Oh, of course it's going to get nasty. It always gets nasty. So. No, it just, I, I, you know, once again, people, if you don't, just take your business elsewhere. If somebody's going to be a dick to you, just go pay, pay your money, take your money elsewhere. Because if they're that way now and they're refusing service to gay people, they're probably not going to be a business for very much longer. But at the same, but at the same time, you have to tell them, you know, put them on, put them on notice. Uh, put so them on yeah. notice, but don't expect. I mean, if the government steps there, the something steps in, then fine. But don't expect anybody to protect your rights in that area. I mean, yeah, but Anthony, the same argument could have been applied to African Americans back in the '60s when they were suing to to uh, get segregation eh, declared unconstitutional. True. You make a good point. I mean, yeah, if they really the want to, and, and to discriminate, form a private club, and yeah, you know, just just totally discriminate. I mean, just be out there. Right. Yeah, you just you just you just uh, you just charge a, uh, a membership fee. You know, yeah. that, that's, you go. that's the go. That's the go around. Right. If you open your facilities to the public, um, you, you you can't discriminate. Mm, all right. Let's save. You know, let's save that for when Joey's on the show. <laughs> I've decided not to necessarily try to take sides anymore since I have to be the host of the show. So well, I'm, you can you can take a, you, yeah, can have, you can have opinions. Uh, you know what? I'll just stick to the crazy crackpot stuff and let you guys hammer out the opinions. So. How's hey, that? <laughs> let him do what he's best at. <laughs> Speaking of what you're best at, David, why don't you read the next story? I'm not even sure how that was a segue, but okay. It's not the best ones. I do what I can. Okay. California school district teaches students to prevent STDs with plenty of rest. I really wish Scott the Seder were here tonight because this is where he grew up, uh, or at least in this area. Uh, Students in a Fresno County, California school district are taught that HIV can be spread through kissing, and the right way to prevent STDs is by going out in groups with friends, getting plenty of rest, and practicing abstinence. (sighs) (laughs) 1983 called, and they want their sex education lessons back. Okay. Their lifetime health textbook, which Clovis Unified School District, that name alone says enough right there, uses for its high school sex education curriculum, makes no mention of condoms or contraception. The American Civil Liberties Union is suing the school district on behalf of two students' parents who say the school is violating state law by failing to provide students with comprehensive sex education. One of the parents, Micah Gementi, joined the lawsuit after noticing medically inaccurate information in her daughter's ninth grade health class. The lawsuit against Clovis Unify, which serves 39,000 students in Fresno County, alleges that the abstinence-only curriculum is risking young people's health by denying them accurate information about how to prevent STDs and unwanted pregnancies. I want there to be medically accurate, scientifically-based education for all youth in Clovis Unified, says Gamenti, a health education instructor. If we don't give them the, the information, they won't be able to make good, healthy decisions. Kelly Avance, Clovis United spokeswoman, said the district fully complies with state education law that promotes abstinence as the only 100% surefire way to prevent pregnancy and STDs. Ask about allegations that the district omits information about condoms and contraception, Avance declined to comment. Yeah, duh. 
The lawsuit alleges that, in contrast to to Avant's assertion, a 2003 law requires California's public schools to provide information provide students with medically accurate, comprehensive information about HIV prevention, STD contraction, and FDA-approved methods for preventing pregnancy. Just last week, the California State Department of Health released a report noting that the state has seen a jump in the rates of sexually transmitted diseases. Syphilis cases in California increased by 18% between 2010 and 2011, and it was also a 5% rise in chlamydia cases and 1.5% rise in gonorrhea cases during the same time period. Hmm. Well, a clink and ink? I think not. Well, also, too, I, I mean, there's, um, there's, uh, the, the diseases themselves are getting harder to treat. You know, some of the, some, like syphilis, gonorrhea, some of the antibiotics that we have previously don't work anymore. So, yeah, I mean, with gonorrhea and syphilis, you at least have some, but you got them. Chlamydia, it, you don't. You you practically don't know you have chlamydia until it's almost too late. Well, you can have chlamydia for a while and not even know about it. So, I mean, then that's you, exactly you, what I just you said. Go, you could go around infecting a lot of people and then not know about it. So that's basically what I just said. Oh, okay. What's What's really sad about this is it three and a half hours east of uh, of San Francisco. It is scary. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like. And the fact is, you know, yeah, abstinence is a good idea, but let's be honest here, boys and girls, we need to we need to equip our kids with all their options, you know, because not everyone's going to be abstinent until eighteen or twenty-one or married. No, nobody I mean, is. <laughs> I mean, but I mean, nobody I is. <laughs> no, you, I mean, you can make the case one or two kids will probably be abstinent, but it will be the, the small minority. Yeah, I mean, I I was abstinent until I was twenty-one years old. I, I didn't have. I didn't have sexual contact with anything other than, you know, myself until I was 21 years old. So, yeah, it does happen. <laughs> I made but, it for a lot the, of lost time since then, but, you know. But, that, but, the, but the, the sad part is, you know, you're telling these kids, you know, you know, yeah, you can uh, wait till, till you find the perfect, you know, uh, what is it, uh, Prince Charming and blah, 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 and you find the first douchebag. Uh, you know, you marry that SOB. And he ends up being an abuser, and yeah. then you know you start, and and then you get stuck because oh you cannot you cannot divorce this guy, blah blah blah. Or you get knocked up, you know, in secret, and you have to hide this this crap for nine months. You may have an unwanted child, you know, all that. Yeah. Here's the biggest deterrent you guys have to remember: if you're if you're straight, well, if anybody, if you you have to worry about diseases, but if you're straight, kids. Don't get kids. <laughs> Everyone I know who has kids is miserable right now. So just remember that if you're straight and you're going to be getting freaky with your girlfriend. If you don't want that kid, wrap it up. <laughs> All right. I, I read something recently, too. Uh, somebody posted a thing um, where I forget what it was a sex education class or whatever it was where and this is in a more progressive area, the instructor says, look, it feels good. We'll, we'll admit this. You know, it, it feels good. It feels great. It's very tempting to do it. And that's kind of the, um, that's the piece that's missing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. oh yeah. Just, just admitting that, hey, it's, a very, it's one of the most intense feelings that you can have. It's a high. And it's it, fun. It is. Yeah. You know, you know it's blah, fun. Blah, blah. It feels great. Just do it smart. Yeah, you just have to be willing to t- accept the responsibilities if you decide to do it. So and take the yep. risks. Right. 
But that's the, I mean, that's the part that people don't understand. I mean, no, well, nobody explains that drugs actually produce a good feeling for you. They just always talk about the downsides. Or, or, or let's 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 take it down to something a little more, you know, teenage oriented well, too. A car, well, you know. You have, Oh, I'm sorry, Raphael. We got to keep moving on because we're running oh. short on time. So let's. Uh, I wonder. Uh, there's no gay country boy tonight, so oh. we got all the time we need. Okay. Well, then I'm sorry, Raphael. What were you gonna say? I'm saying drive on the car. You know, it's like uh, you know, it's fun. It's a freedom, but you need you need to know how to do the damn thing. You know, same thing with sex. It's good. It's fun. You need to know how to use your thing. Right. Uh, the chat room saying abstinence is an option, but only an option is not the answer. But it's a responsibility yep. to teach what options there are. And that's from Turnipet. So, um, abstinence is only one thing, but they're advocating stupidity. That is for sure. Amen, yeah. brother. All right. Amen, brother. So, so say it's an option, but say it's not a realistic option. Amen. Yeah. There you go. Because you know what? The ones that try to be abstinent never have the condoms in their pocket. And then when they do stuff, then they're pregnant. So Exactly. So, just be, you know, be, be, do... Well, I, I could go on and on and on. If you want to hear all about my sex life, you can listen to previous episodes of Ashanti No Lemon and realize the amount of frustration and worry and everything that comes when you're, ha- when you're basically being single. It's great being single in some ways, but man, you could be fretting for three weeks if all of a sudden you get that call one day and just go, fuck. Now I got to go wait three weeks and get tested again. So, all right. On to the next story, I'm going to give it to Veritable because he hasn't been talking much. I want to make sure he gets some input on the show. Veritable. Yes, sorry. Couldn't find the the control to unmute. Unmute. I love Skype so much. Tell us what's going on in Louisiana. Well, I don't know. Let's see. (laughs) You threw me for a loop there. Uh, Sorry Signing me at the last minute for that. Um... I don't know. What is it about? Is it this uh, pastor that uh, was uh, masturbating in public? Yep, that's it. These are one of these great little, uh uh-huh, we told you so stories. And he appears to be an anti-gay pastor, so isn't that just lovely? Of course. Well, I mean, what you know? What more can you say about it? I mean, the guy's a a hypocrite. And uh, actually, what you call the hypocrite? Hmm. You call him a hippo twit. A hippo twit. Yeah, that's a good one. Well, good what's funny is he was convicted yesterday of public masturbation near, near a children's playground. Right. Ah! Near, I mean, it's bad enough, you know, doing what he did in public, never mind near a children's playground. And it, it I mean, stories like this never really cease to amaze me. Yeah. Um, well, it's, and it's, well, apparently, I guess he's. Uh, I guess he's going to be called into court or something for that, I would hope. Well, what what amazes me is just all these guys, not only when they get caught, do they get caught, but they get caught in the worst way possible. Yeah. You know, it's, it's that's what you say when you get caught red-handed, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Uh, or maybe sure white-handed. <laughs> you know, the, fu- the funny thing is uh, the picture over in the Joe My God website they cut it out. He has his wife standing next to her in that picture, and he yeah. has the Bible in one hand, and his wife has a uh, the American flag all rolled up. <laughs> and he's and he's got some kind of broomstick in his hand or something, or uh, yeah, it might be a broomstick. But his wife his his wife has an American flag. I just went to the, uh, the yeah, uh, New Orleans Times Picayune. And he's is he part of that? 
top picture there that says Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve? He he was following that march, yeah. but if that, oh, that a, if you go down, there's a this thing which says one nation under God with a flag and uh mm-hmm. and the Bible open and his Bible in his, in his yeah that's him. Oh yeah, his T-shirt says that. Yeah, one nation under yeah. God. So and it's in Jefferson Parish. Over New Orleans. Yeah. That's what, a do sad say, man. what do you say? We unleash the True Blood vampires after him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't wait to see what Works happens tonight. So uh, I don't know if that's enough for that story. I just wasn't wasn't ready for it. Oh, that's okay. You did a fine job, sir. <laughs> I just got one last comment. I'd say Grant Storms, perfect porn name. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe somebody. Exactly. Maybe somebody will come forward now and offer him uh, an opportunity. So. I hope Who not. Knows? I hope not. <laughs> oh, hell no. He's ugly. He's fuggly. Yeah, he'd, he'd be more of a bear porn kind of person. Not even that, please. <laughs> All right, I now, was trying to be nice. On to the next story, uh, Veritable. Why don't you tell us about Kirk Cameron? So now this one I'm prepared for. All right. Go ahead. <laughs> All right. So, okay. Um, here we have a video which references um, some inflammatory statements made by uh, Representative Todd Aiken. And I, I believe he's um, in Missouri. And I also believe he's uh, Republican. And, um, he's and the guy tea, that made the comments last week about... And, and, tea, and tea Party, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and, and the topic was, uh, of, of course, the topic of rape. And um, now, I mean, I don't, I don't intend to speak for the representative, his belief system, or the thought process that led up to those really stupid comments. Um, but if you look at the definition of rape online, it's pretty simple. It's pretty straightforward. It's any type of you know sexual assault that is involving sexual intercourse against someone's will or without their consent. Um, and I would hope that we we all can agree that rape is a terrible and horrific ordeal for anyone to go through. Um, and, and that said, it, it, it's hard to find anything that is you know d- defendable in 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 the representative's uh, comments on the topic. And, and now we get to the Kirk Cameron part. So uh, on, that, um, on that link, I believe it was on The Advocate, um, was for a starting point on CNN. And, and Kirk Cameron was asked about his views on the topic. And of course, he states early on, well, he didn't grow up in a political family. And, um, you know, and I'm not really sure what that's supposed to mean. Um, but then he does go on to say that he hopes that we'd all be judged by the sum, uh, the sum of our careers or our actions, you know, rather than a few words that we've uttered and, and then had to apologize for. <laughs> um, throughout history, I think that we've always made some degree of uh, – there's been some degree of victim blaming, you know, particularly, uh, of course, with, on the topic of rape, but also with other conditions which, which affect the human community, um, you know, such as HIV. And, and it's almost as if that, that – in our efforts to understand these heinous acts or terrible diseases that we often, and, and I feel mistakenly, try to blame the victim. And in doing so, we do them a major injustice that only serves to compound you know, the pain that they're suffering at the moment. The part that I personally find difficult to accept is that the representative made an effort to delineate between forcible and legitimate rape. And this is the part where I believe the blame comes in. Um, what I heard in those words is that if a person is dressed in a certain way or acting in a certain way, uh, that they deserve what they get. And, and I think that those remarks are unconscionable and certainly something that should, should, re- that should require the representative to step down. And, and oddly enough and, and not surprisingly, 
Kirk Cameron did a really good job of redirecting the discussion to some nonsense about the founding fathers and and people doing what's right from from where the story uh, from where the story started off. So for someone who didn't really grow up in a political family, I, he sure does a really good job of avoiding the questions that were put to him. Um, and I think I think that people should think before they speak. And if that happened more often, we'd we'd not have as much need for apologies. Well, I mean, basically, it just goes to show you, too, that this guy doesn't under quite understand the definition of it. And he's trying to basically, his viewpoint is that, oh, if somebody's being raped, there's something that the woman could do to shut something down. But there's not really much you can do other than <laughs> trying to fight back. So it's, 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 it's a perfect example of an elected official who doesn't quite understand terminology correctly and is sometimes just talking out of their ass which everybody does but i guess if you're going to be in office you can't i mean think about yeah like you said think about what you say before you say it now but only, not only you, that but, but not only that but this guy sits in the science committee yeah you know? yeah well that's I mean, a whole this guy this guy sits in the committee that has that deals with science space and technology well th- okay. yeah don't and, he's, expect- and, he's, and, he's, and he's running for the senate yeah don't expect- so it's I'm sorry, go ahead, Rafael. I keep interrupting. I apologize. Uh, I mean, granted, it doesn't have the CDC and the uh, Department of Health on their on their uh, on their umbrella, but this guy at least would deals with scientific issues, you know, <laughs> on a daily basis. So mind boggles that this person who doesn't understand the concept of you know because he said something that when it was a legitimate rape, the the woman's body would actually reject the. Uh, the fetus or something. Yeah, you know? yes. I mean, which is like, you know, that's not unscientific to start with, and you sit on the committee on science. Well, this, this is actually not not. It's not a very new belief. Actually, it's actually been around for quite some time. That supposedly, and this is supposedly, it's it's not true. Uh, but there's the, there's this old wives' tale, not wives' tale, but anyway. That when a woman is raped, she basically secretes some kind of enzyme or something that will kill the man's sperm completely, just dissolve it, and uh, you know it's almost like you know her her hoo-ha shooting venom out essentially. And um, there's actually a website with this on there that a lot of people of his ilk still link to, so they're taking this as absolute fact that this happens, even though. There's no scientific basis for it. So, yeah, it, this belief is not new by any stretch of the imagination. And unfortunately, it's on the internet. Yes, of course, everything on the internet is true. Yeah. Now, of right. course, I'll tell you the conspiracy, my fifth. The, the conspiracy theory behind this is basically the reason why this is being promoted right now. And this guy said what he did is so Obama could get more health care plans set up for everybody, and I'm not sure on the exact specifics, but basically it, it's supposed to route things back to the, to the health care plans and uh, Obamacare. Um, if you want the specifics on that story, I would say go listen to No Agenda, and once again we thank Adam Curry for allowing us on the No Agenda Network. I can't be as much into the stories as he is, but uh, let's just say I'm crazy either way. So That's a good thing because I don't have enough alcohol in the house. I know you don't. That's why I'm, I'm toning it down just a little bit. But if you ever want to talk about conspiracy theories, we'll do another show, just you and me, David. How's that? 
Oh, come on. We'll do a David okay. Salon, and we'll just do conspiracy theories, okay? Oh, my God. Extra Tin has uh, on, on that podcast. See, I, extra what? Extra Tin has on that podcast. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. what I won't tell tell Anthony is the the tinfoil hats actually enhance the brain controlling waves. <laughs> Somebody at MIT did a study on this, and they found out that um, uh, electromagnetic ra- ra- electromagnetic radiation on the wavelength that supposedly the government is using for mind control doesn't get blocked. It actually gets amplified. Wait, wait! I'm receiving a message now. It's a message. It's tell me to go build a jacuzzi. Go build a jacuzzi. They might get that joke. It's from the Muppet Muppets in space. Never mind. All right, on to the last story. <sighs> okay, that's me. Uh, gay candidates advance after primary wins. Four gay candidates claimed victory last night in a series of primary wins in Wisconsin and Florida. In Wisconsin's congressional Democratic primary, State Representative Mark Pocan uh, won the party's nomination for the second district which encompasses some of the state's most liberal areas, including Madison. Now that he has com- uh, secured his final nomination, it appears almost certain that Pocan will become the eighth out member of Congress in American history. Pocan, a small business owner who's married to his husband in Canada in 2006, is running for the seat vacated by Democratic Representative Tammy Baldwin, a lesbian Pocan, to become the first out gay member of the U.S. Senate. In a statement, Chuck Wolf, president and CEO of the Gay and Lesbian District Fund, which endorsed Pocan's Spaces Service State Legislator, blah, 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 blah. Let's go to the next one. Baldwin officially became the Democratic Senate nominee last night while also learning who he will face in November. Wisconsin Republican nominee, excuse me. Republicans nominated former Governor Tommy Thompson after Senate candidate after a four-way primary fight. In a statement, Baldwin, Baldwin labeled Thompson, who served as Health and Human Secretary for President George W. Bush, an insider who will put those at the very top and big money special interests in Washington ahead of Wisconsin's hardworking family. I will take on this powerful interest in Washington and the Senate. I will stand up for Wisconsin's middle class, as I always have. By the three candidates he competed with, Thompson's work on LGBT issues is lacking. However, political certainly he poses a great threat to Baldwin's victory because of his popularity in the state and Republican establishment roots. And I'm going to go towards the end, where it says history was also made in Florida last night, where Boris elected the first out gay state legislator. Democratic David Richardson, a forensic accountant from Miami Beach, defeated two opponents in an open primary. Wolf called it a major victory for LGBT Floridians who have waited far too long to have a voice in decisions that affect them and their families. Richardson could be joined in Tallahassee by another gay Democrat, John Sanders, who won his central Florida primary last night as well, and will go on to compete in the general election this fall. All right, so more good news on our front. Um, actually, the one the one in Florida, I was reading somewhere else that this David Richardson actually won the uh, the district. What was, that, the, what was that lady from the 70s who was uh, doing that anti-gay uh, uh, campaign? The name Anita Bryant. Anita Bryant, thank you. She actually wants the uh, the the district in Florida where she lives, or she lived. So it's kind of a bit of an ironic twist. That Did she pass away recently? I don't think so. I think I could swear she passed away. Hold on, I'll look it up. Oh, oh my God, the research bug is is spreading. <laughs> Another conspiracy. 
Exactly. Oh, she's alive. alive. Darn. <laughs> so you still time to send her a cream pie or whatever it is to throw in her face. Oh yeah, let's give her some cream pies, especially this week in gay cream pies. <laughs> I have a question though. Why why did Raphael lose the one story? Uh, because we were short on time, and I'm still trying to keep under an hour from the No Agenda Network. So, so, oh, okay. so that being said, let's go around and give everybody a little bit of time to introduce themselves and tell you about each of their individual shows. So, without any further ado, uh, let's start with Mr. Blue Jeans Guy, Mr. David, if you would please. Yes, host of that Blue Jeans Guy podcast, a semi-weekly show dealing with what's going on in my life, as well as what's going on in the world around me. Be sure to check out my episode this week when I answer another listener question. And I will also talk about Vagina Dentata. <laughs> Two different episodes, so twice the Blue Jeans guy this week. Sweet. All right, and uh, next we have Mr. Raphael. I'm Raphael. I uh, don't have a show, but I've been glad to once again be on this, on this group. And um, from Baltimore, Maryland, Weba. You have a show, you have this show. Oh, yeah, but I mean, I'm still, okay, I have this show. <laughs> I'm a contributor on the, uh, on the uh, This Week in Gay. This Week in Gay. And we thank you for joining us and for doing the research that I don't do. I'm <laughs> <laughs> right. well, so, also keep you sane and, uh, you know, factual. Hey, I appreciate it. All right, next we have Mr. Q Sledge himself. Yes, Q Sledge. You can find me on Twitter. You can also find me on my own personal podcast when eventually put out another episode of the Brain Hammer cast, which you can Brain find Hammer. on iTunes. The Brain Hammer. All right, uh, Mr. Brother Sinatus, if you would please. Okay, you can find my audio booze on audioboo.fm slash Brother Sinatus. And you can follow me on Twitter and Google Plus to Brother Sinatus. And then also, last but not least, Mr. Veritable Virgo. I did research too, Anthony. Oh, well, thank you, sir. <laughs> I appreciate people who do research. <laughs> um, well, I'm on Twitter, veritable underscore Virgo. That's pretty much it right now. Well, and Facebook, but um, everything's like. Hey, which one of you guys is going to be in Las Vegas on first uh, Pride 48? I'll be there. So, yeah, if you want to go see this guy, go check him out in Las Vegas on September 14th through the 16th. So, it's like, I'm thinking, uh, of, I'm thinking Larry, of crowdfunding my my Vegas trip next year. Larry will be there too, I think. Sweet. All right, guys. Well, thank you once again for joining us. We'll see. Actually, next week I'm off. It's the holidays, so go enjoy your holidays. We'll see you guys in two weeks on this week. Okay, have a good one. Bye. Bye.